But by now we should be live, so hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael, and we are here tonight for Detention Live. Joining me is my regular co-host, Chris. Chris, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. And then tonight, our special guest co-host is Nate from the Pod of Blunders podcast. Nate, say hello to everyone. Hello. Uh, So for anybody who might be uninitiated, give us the quick uh, elevator pitch. What is the Pod of Blunders? So Pot of Blunders, we do actual play reviews of small indie games, and we have, we have a blog as well with a lot of content, um, game reviews again, solo game, actual plays, fifth edition content, all kinds of wonderful stuff. So, And where yeah. can people find you and your work if they would like to? Potofblunders.com. Ah, nice. Make it nice and easy for them. Yeah, I like that, <laughs> like that quite a lot. Uh, so this might be anyone's first time here at uh, Detention. It's kind of a loosey formatted uh, RPG talk show. Uh, so we have a few segments we're going to jump into. And then if we have anybody hanging out, we do an audience Q&A at the end. Uh, but the first thing I want to mention at the top is we are closing in on our 500th follower. And this is a goal we set like, I don't know, like five years ago. It's been crazy. Uh, but uh, we had decided we were going to do a giveaway Uh, Once we got to 500 followers, because I had just recently at that time got a new copy of the Rule Cyclopedia. This is the print on demand version through DriveThruRPG. And this was a book that I had, you know, back when I was a kid playing D&D and I absolutely loved it. So as soon as I saw it was available on DriveThru, I I bought myself a copy. And it's just kind of a cool thing. If you're maybe if you're newer to D&D, you jumped in on the fifth edition, which I still think is the best edition of D&D. It's my favorite. Uh, There's a lot of stuff to love about this book, and I will happily give it away to somebody uh, when we get to that point. So we need five more followers, and then we will be able to give that copy away. And then we will set another goal for like, I don't know, maybe a thousand followers. And in 10 years, (laughs) we can get back together and give something away. Uh, Foxblade's with us tonight. Thank you, Foxblade, for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you here. Uh, but with that, we're actually going to jump into the show. So the first thing we do is what we call extracurricular. And this is where we just kind of talk about whatever is top of mind, what we've been doing recently. So games we've played, books we've read, TV, movies, CDs, poems, whatever. Uh, Nate, you are our guest co-host. So why don't you go first tonight? Uh, what you been up to, buddy? I've been brewing a lot of beer since quarantine started. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm a home brewer in terms of D&D and in terms of making my own stuff here. Nice. So, yeah, it's been good. Yeah, but, is this uh, just old... for personal use? Do you bottle any of it? Do you sell it to, like your friends and neighbors on eBay? Can't sell it. That's illegal. Ah, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know because I don't drink. Huh. <laughs> there you go. Um, no, I just make it for personal consumption. I give it to folks at work. You know, it's uh, small batches. It's five gallons at a time, which sounds like a lot. But when you're giving most of it away, it goes pretty quick. Now, do you have like a punny name for your brews that you get? Like each one's a different... I started that way <laughs> and then I ran out of steam and now it's like, this is pale ale number four and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. But yeah. All right. Well, very cool. Anything else you want to chat about? It's up to you. Uh, really? That's what I've been up to that and playing a lot of Pokemon with my kids. All right. So yeah, they're, I have a five-year-old and an eight-year-old and they're both very much into it, which makes me so, so happy. Nice. So. <laughs> See, I, I, I think I'm a little bit older. I, I was hardcore into Magic the Gathering. Uh, I I luckily fell out of it. I'm like a recovering (laughs) Magic the Gathering player. I had so much money that I wasted on that game. Uh, My kids are both into Pokemon, and we got the cards. And despite it probably being easier, I really struggled with trying to figure out how that game worked. So we played a few hands of it, and they kind of liked it. But 
I don't know, they fell off. But I still have a lot of my old Magic cards, and I've actually made them a couple decks, and we've we've played that a little bit, which, to be honest, we haven't done now in over a year. I probably should bring them back out because they might be a little bit more capable. It was a little bit over their head the last time. so It's the stack that gets you. you know? <laughs> it is, yes, the stack. Uh, true, it, well, I would say Fox played that it was wasted money because even though I enjoyed it, I didn't enjoy it as much as the money I put into it because I was poor in college and had credit cards and, and was dumb. And all those things added together, not good. All right, so Chris, how about you, sir? What have you been up to lately, buddy? Well, usually I watch a lot of Netflix shows, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I made the mistake of putting Witcher 3 on my Christmas list. Uh-huh, okay. So I have gotten sucked into that, and I play that a couple hours every night. Uh, it's actually got a really good storyline. The gameplay is pretty easy. Uh, it's real similar to Breath of the Wild with how it kind of plays. Um, and I've just been enjoying killing things, making new armor, doing the alchemy stuff. And there's so much to it. Next, I think I've got 60 some hours into it and a friend of mine said whoa you got 940 to go before you hit me and i was like wow what but you can each time you answer questions for different characters can determine the outcome of the story so you can replay it and have a different ending Uh, okay and i'm kind of trying to be the nice guy you know because you can run around and just loot everything but if you loot in front of a guard the guards will attack you and then the city starts becoming against you from what i hear haven't gone that route yet because i don't want to just start killing random people that are just there right. trying to protect their own stuff maybe later i'll yes. go dark side later uh so a uh, quick wave to targus targus thank you for joining us tonight always a pleasure to have you Hello. here as well i uh, know so chris did you watch the witcher show on netflix i did and i've listened to the first couple of books on tape the first couple of books are actually just short stories and the show actually took a lot out of those books and mixed it in really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched the show, I think three times through, and each time I pick up a little something different that they put in there that I didn't notice the first time. I, I really enjoy it. I'm waiting for season two. Yeah. yeah, I had absolutely zero history and connection to that character. I had never played any of the the games, never read any of the books, but uh, I'm you know I'm a fan of well done fantasy, and I'll admit the the not time travel, but the, the play of time can, yeah. the continuity of the story was a bit of a hurdle for me. I stuck with it and was pleasantly surprised or just happy with it. Once I realized what was happening, it all made sense and all came together. And I really, really like enjoyed the show and I'm certainly looking for a season two, but again, I had no history going into it when, we, when it started. I just listened to the books on tape because I got a friend of mine who's huge into it. And he's like, you got to listen to him. All right. Why not? Nice. I used to listen to a lot of stuff, but now my new job, I'm too busy. Oh, well, you know, I mean, busy's busy, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what happens when somebody gives you the keys to a multi-million dollar store and says, here, make us more money. Like, okay. Yeah. No pressure at all. Yeah, fine. Yeah, no, <laughs> <at> all. <laughs> all right. Is there anything else, sir? Sorry, I caught you with your. Nope, you're good. Uh, not a ton of stuff's going on right now. We're still doing like scouting stuff online. I really want to get back to doing stuff in person. It's really hard to get kids to advance in scouting when they can't do something hands-on with you. So. Mm-hmm. But we're making it work. I have one kid that's about to become an Eagle Scout, so oh, wow. I'm pretty excited about that for him. Which just means I get to make a plaque for him that says, hey, you did it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of work that goes into that. That's that's a huge thing. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I don't want to get into a rant about skills. Okay. It's not Sorry. the right form for it because I'll go on for a while for it. So, right. what, you, what have you been up to, Michael? Uh, so a lot and a little kind of together. Uh, you know, as you know, I did once the quarantine first started last year. I did a complete rewatch of the Smallville TV show, which I loved when it first aired. And that led me to start a second podcast called Farm to Fable that I'm currently halfway through season two. We're recapping every single episode. Uh, so that keeps me busy because I have to rewatch each episode several times, take notes and obviously do all that. Yeah. But I've continued to do these sort of binge rewatches of shows that I had watched before. Maybe I fell off of and didn't finish. Uh, so I did a complete rewatch of The Mentalist, which was like okay. seven yeah. seasons, I think. Uh, huh. maybe five, seven, actually really enjoyable. I, I kind of liked it. It's, it's weird as I, I really liked the characters. So the writing itself wasn't great, but the characters were. So I kind of mm. was along for the ride just because I enjoyed these characters more than I did the actual like stories of each week to week. Uh, I'm still not sure the Red John mythos holds up. It's, it's that starts pretty good, but mm. I don't know that it, I quite bought how it resolves. Um, and then I went and did a complete, or I'm, what else did I do? Uh, I think there was something in the middle, but I'm right now in the middle of a rewatch of Psych, which is actually kind of funny because they have some crossover with Mentalist because Mentalist started after them and they kind of made fun of. There's like one line where he says that, you know, if people knew that I was fake, then it would be just like the Mentalist TV show, like almost exactly like the Mentalist TV show uh, <laughs> because they're just kind of making fun that basically they yeah. took their gag and made it like a serious show. And then I, even though I'm not done with Psych yet, I started a rewatch of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now that that is on uh, Netflix and it ended because I watched it originally, I think the first three seasons and fell off. So I started it. And I'm going to hopefully get all through all seven seasons. And then I love The Magicians. I think the first two, maybe the first three seasons of Magicians is just some of the best TV I've ever seen. It's just blows my mm -hmm. mind how good that yeah. show is. And then I stopped watching through season five, like the, like three episodes in. And then I found out that they were, you know, they weren't going to do any more because that wasn't for sure at the time. But that season five had ended. Now season five hit Netflix, so I binged like eight episodes in two days, which was honestly probably too much, too fast. I don't know that it actually sank in, but it was kind of nice to get to see how it ended. And I thought that overall they did a pretty good job with wrapping it up as best they could. It kind of stinks that Quentin wasn't there. I get that the actor was kind of tired and really wanted to you know, get out and I can't blame him for that. But knowing that it only had 13 episodes left now, I kind of wish they had been able to, to keep him around. Cause I would have just liked to have seen that. Uh, and of course I cannot at least not mention one division. I am so mm -hmm. far into Marvel. I mean, they would just like, they could slap me and I would pay them money for the benefit of it, you know? Uh, but I'm really, really liking one division and I'm actually really liking the episode of week is as hard as it is for me not to just like want to dive in and watch the every episode. I really am enjoying the in-between discord stuff we have where we're like posting theories to each other and like finding videos and memes. And I really just enjoy that sort of back and forth that you get with a show that is kind of a mystery box and maybe will hopefully justify all this. It, you know, it, it could crap the bed at the end and not be worth it. But right now it feels like it's a lot of fun and a lot of worth the effort of going through. So I'm really enjoying WandaVision right now. So I'm watching a lot of TV. Oh, I'm also listening to the dark tower on audiobook. I'm currently on book two. Nice. You should do a, a show about the old D and D cartoon. 
in the eighties. There's yes. not many episodes that. though. Like there's only, I actually have the DVD box set of that. I think there's three seasons, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, I don't even know. I don't, I, have, I don't think I've ever watched them. I bought it at like half price books. It's like 30 bucks. I'm like I gotta have it. And I've never watched it. I used to watch it as a kid and loved it. Somebody bought me like one of the DVDs that has a bunch of cartoons on it. Mm-hmm. I watched the first two and went, what did I like about this? It's, it's literally the same show. That's the last one. Yeah. It's, yeah. it doesn't hold up. I have been watching Thundercats, the old one. Oh, it nice Thundercats. I love hold, it. It kind of holds up. Not yeah. Quite as, it's, you see the whole undertones of, hey, we're teaching kids a lesson every episode. Yeah. Right. It's kind of nice, but they don't do that anymore. Now it's just about how many views can we get. Yeah. Straight mm-hmm. up murdering people. Uh, so, yeah. so Targris mentioned uh, magicians. Yes, you definitely should watch the magicians because, again, the yeah. first two, maybe first three seasons are as good of anything I've seen on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I think it series wraps up well. I don't think that season four and five are as good as the first three, but overall, it's still really, really good. And Targus also mentions that Dark Tower is their favorite book series. Um, I read Gunslinger in high school. I found it in my school's library, and I have been just infatuated with that world ever since. And actually a lot of my deeming style, there's a lot of things I've done that can be traced back to some dark tower stuff. So I'm that person that read the, the wastelands and had, or drawn of the three and had to wait like eight years for wastelands. Then had to wait like 12 years for wizards and glass. And then had to be like, why is Stephen King a character in his own book through the last three? Uh, but yeah, I absolutely love the dark tower series as a whole. So, Alrighty, so with that out of the way, we're going to move into the show proper. Actually, I'm not. We're going to do 10 things. I forgot that last time, too. Uh, I get too far in. So we're going to do our first improv game, which is 10 things. And this is where we're going to prompt one another in turn to try to come up with a list of 10 things that match the prompt. The idea here is immediacy over accuracy. So you try to come up with a quick list more than maybe a good list, but we'll leave that up to each of our performers. So Nate, again, you are the guest tonight. So would you like to go first, second, or third in terms of giving the list, i.e. being prompted? I'd like to give the list first. Okay. To you, Michael. All right. Lay it on me, sir. All right. So give me 10 more Marvel heroes you want to see shows based on. All of them. Um... (laughs) Wonder Man. One. Okay. Uh, uh, um, Namor. Two. Oh, the Fantastic Four. I'll count all four of those as one. Three. Um, Hulk is a TV show. Four. He, he was always a favorite. Um, I like a Kingpin, like a Sopranos sort of thing with Ooh. Kingpin as the bad guy. I think five. that would be fantastic. Was uh, D'Onofrio still? Oh yeah, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, man. Uh there's so many of them that are happening that it's like taking away all of my options here. I'm just trying to go through all my comic book. Uh definitely X-Men. I like to see some TV shows. Um Six. so we'll say Gambit, Storm, Six. Cyclops. Nine. We got one more. Let's make that one a good one. Uh what's like an obscure character that I love? Oh, Moon Knight. I mean, I know it's coming, but oh my God, Moon Knight. Seriously. It's going to be so good. Oh, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so amazing. All right. Yay. 10 things. All right. So, uh, Chris, I guess I'll prompt you, then you complete the circle with Nate. Uh, Give me 10 video games that you would, 10 Witcher style video games. So, I guess characters besides Witcher that you would like video games of in the Witcher style. Okay. Uh, Yennefer's 
uh, journey. One. It's a character from the show, if you don't know. Yeah. Um, and this is complete uh, media, so it could be comic yeah. books, cartoon characters, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Michael and Chris's Excellent Adventure. Uh, two. I'm only counting that as one, but it's... That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good movie titles like that. Uh, let's see. Ooh, a real Conan movie. Three. One. Okay. I haven't nice. had one of those in years. Uh, ooh, Beastmaster. Four. Ooh. Love to see that redone. Yeah. Ooh, you can even go old school and go Atar. Ah. Atar, <laughs> however his name says. That was that was bad back yeah. in the day. Um, let's see. Uh, Baby Yoda grows up. Six. Uh, we could go with uh, the Witches of Grand Rapids. Seven. <laughs> That's where I live. Um, man. Ooh, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail 2. Eight. All right. Okay. Uh, let's see. We could go. Uh, let's do an actual Dungeons and Dragons movie. Nice. Okay. Nice. 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 It's coming. And uh, we'll go with the Shadow of the Demon Lord movie. Yeah. Ted, yahoo! That is a list of 10 things. Thank you very much, sir. And then, all right, you will prompt Nate. All right, Nate. Uh, let's go with 10 fantasy game spells. All right. Um, you got your Embiggen spell. One. One. Get your Magic Missile. Two. Two. You got your Acid Splash. Three. Three. Get your Chill Touch. Four. Four. You got your Mending. Five. Five. Uh, Firebolt. Six. Six. Guidance. Seven. Seven. Bless. Eight. Eight. Precedigitation. Nine. Nine. Thaumaturgy. Ten. Ten. There you go. That is a list. They're all cantrips. Ten things. (laughs) Congratulations, sir. You put the other two of us to shame. Oh, okay. So now... We will move into used books. This is generally the meat and potato to show where we're going to talk about an old campaign that we either played in or ran. And the idea is to kind of mine it for some lessons learned, things that went great that we've tried to carry on to future games, or maybe things that didn't go so well that we've learned to avoid. Nate, you are our guest co-host tonight. So would you tell us about a campaign, please, sir? Sure. So I have a five-year-old and an eight-year-old, and they see me playing games all the time, and they want to play too. And so I decided I was going to run a stripped-down version of D&D for them. And I ran uh, Tomb of the Serpent, Serpent Kings. Are you familiar with that adventure? I am not. It's a teaching dungeon. The whole thing is, is written to teach people how to play D&D or how to play fantasy games as a whole. So the first thing has a false tomb where you're instructing them, like, not everything is what, it's, what it might be. Um, there's traps involved. You might find hidden information the more you dig. And so it's, it's really to instruct people how the whole system works. And it was going well. Um, I gave them an NPC to follow them along. It was a little creepy snake guy that I just kind of threw in as an afterthought. They got so attached to this little creepy snake guy that they got into a fight. He started getting low on HP and they just broke down crying that they couldn't save their snake friend. (laughs) And I was like, oh no, this was not the the introduction I wanted to make to this game for you. (laughs) So uh, I kind of called a halt for the day so we could talk about it and kind of decompress a little. But the rest of the day, they were like, can we, can we keep playing so we can see what happens to our snake buddy? I'm like, I, I guess. And I tried to say, oh, and then magic happens, and he's fine now. He taps into his inner strength. And he, they were like, that didn't happen, Dad. Like, they were calling me on my BS, like, right away. <laughs> nice. It was, 
they still want to play, so I didn't scar them for life. Thankfully, I didn't like turn off to future fans of the game industry. Right. But it was, <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a rough introduction, I think, for them and one for me for running games for kids. So, all right. So, so was this just one session of a game, or did this go for a couple before you got to that point? This was the first session. Okay. All right. Yeah, we've played since, but it's it's been like with kid gloves. Gotcha. Okay. So was this the first time you'd ever ran for kids, including your own or otherwise? I ran for like young teens before, okay. but no one as young as my kids, you know, okay. no one eight and five. So I, again, if you are a listener to the show, whether it be you or the audience, like I have two younger boys and I've talked several times about running for them and some of the challenges and thoughts I went through. So I'm interested. So obviously five and eight, that's younger than my boys are now, but when I started my kids, we were, I think they were four and five or five and six when we first started playing, but we played um, Cypher System, and even then it was a pared-down version of Cypher yeah. System. So you use basically like a D&D 5e sort of version of the game? I just had them roll D20s, and then if they never hit a certain thing, okay, then they won. <laughs> that, that's what I did, except I used D6s, because Cypher System uses D6s. Uh, yeah. It's just like, you need a four, and they roll a D6, and you can help each mm-hmm. other. Uh, so yep. you roll and you roll it together, you get a four and eight. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess my thought here is, so what sort of, and you used a module, but I guess that's part of the answer to the question is, is when you're thinking about you're going to run a game for younger kids, like what sort of considerations did you think about? Like, you know, was death on the table? Like could their characters have died? Was death going to be something in the game? Do you talk about blood and gore? Is it all like bruises? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like what were your thoughts about that? So I explained that they had hit points and the hit points weren't like how much hurt they were taking. It's how much they wanted to stay in the fight. And if it ran down to zero, they just didn't want to be in the fight anymore. And they wanted to leave and they could at any time. Like escape was always on the table. Mm-hmm. And we never talked about blood or like grievous injuries or anything like that. Because they're little kids and I don't want to, you know, I would let them watch a show like that. So why would I make them do something much more immersive with those descriptors involved? Right. So. No, death wasn't ever on the table. Even for my NPC, he wasn't gonna die. Right. <laughs> he was he was always safe. He had plot armor. So yeah, I have um, uh, my my youngest, who's nine, soon to be ten. Uh, he's a bloodthirsty little. Prick, I'm <laughs> you, he's the one who's like, I cut his head off, and it, the blood gushes, and I'm just like, Oh my god, what have I done? Um, so I good on you because you probably went the right way. I went a little. I didn't go too far the other way, but I, I indulged them because they were enjoying that sort of thing. So I probably pushed yeah. them a little bit too far. Uh, Chris, I now, mean, I, I think we've touched on it before, but I can't recall. Have you had any experience running for younger kids? Yeah. Let's see. My son, well, he's 16 now. I think we started playing when he was like seven or eight, however long fourth edition came out. Because hmm. at the time, I was asked to go to a game store and run games. I had to pick him up from daycare and he had to go with me after work and he'd help me run the games and play in the games. And for me, it was a little different experience because the first time he rolled a die, he managed to roll a natural 20 and everybody at the table jumped up and down and he didn't know what was going on, but he jumped up and down and ran around the table excited and then was like, (laughs) what does that mean? And we're like, you do double damage, roll this. And, you know, he, we let him kill the bad guy and he was kind of hooked for a while there. Um, most of the time when I ran games for him and his friends, it was always very simple. Like we always, you know, really watered down the rules and just expected it to go off the rails. You know, we, 
ran a game where they all ran a zoo and their prized armadillo was stolen and they had to go rescue it from the knolls. But I painted the picture that these knolls are, you know, giant, you know, nine, 10 foot tall dogs that, you know, drooling and slobbering. So they were like, oh no, we can't win. So then they had to figure out how to sneak in. And that, that's when I realized the description of the monsters for kids is more powerful than, hmm. hey, they have 10 hit points. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't really know that. So I played more on that with them. As far as the violence, I, I would kind of just let them go with it. Whatever they wanted to describe, you know, and most of the time they just, I hit him with my club and he falls down. Okay, next person. We didn't yeah. really get real descriptive. Right. I, uh, I'm pretty sure the first time I played D&D proper with my boys, both of them rolled a natural 20 the first time they rolled a die. And it was the same thing. It's just like, you know, you can't plan it any better than that. They were so excited. And, you know, it just was like this big moment. Um, it was just, yeah, it was very, very cool. Uh, New York Tater joined us a little bit late to the party, but you're always welcome, sir. Um, your internet can't be worse than mine. So I'm sorry. It can be bad, but it cannot be worse. That's impossible. Uh, so I guess my question to you, Nate, is so you did continue. And so, you know, you, you might have adjusted a little bit as you went. But let's say you could do it completely over from the beginning. So erase the kids' memories, go back in time, whatever. You're going to run the first session again. Is there anything that you would do differently knowing what has happened in the first couple times you played to do a better job or a different job setting it up? Or if not, maybe maybe the answer is no, but is there anything you would do differently? Yeah. Um, I like the idea of using a teaching dungeon, but I don't think I would focus on a combat tier so much. Like if D&D is made of three pillars, you know, exploration, social, and combat, I think my kids anyway, they're more into the social aspect of it and the exploration aspect of it. So I think exploring a city or doing like a hex crawl with little kids could be great. And then, you know, uh, soliciting their opinions on what they want to find. So if they're like, oh, you know, like, what do you think's in this hex, buddy? Or my kids are going to make something crazy up that I would never even consider. And it's going to be beautiful and amazing and memorable for them. Mm-hmm. So if, the, if my purpose is to have fun with them and lure them into my, my hobby so I can have players later on, then I think I think I needed to let the, them have the reins more than I did. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And get ready for weird stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I run a game for them and my friend's twins, who are both nine. And they come up with some off-the-wall stuff. It's amazing. They're such creative players. And I think because they don't have any of the tropes in mind, they don't have any preconceptions. They're just coming up with this, like you said, bonkers, off-the-wall stuff, and it's beautiful. It's because they're not thinking, I have to go get gold so I can go buy this, or I have to have the next sword. They're just right. thinking whatever they might want. Like, yeah. I mean, one of the kids at the table, his character collected treasure, which was actually salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> he would go adventure, and whatever treasure they actually found, he would trade for salt and pepper shakers because he was collecting them. And nice. that was... Well, that was his character's motivation. He wanted yeah. the world's greatest salt and pepper shaker collection. And it's not wrong. It's, I mean, if that's yeah. how they're having fun, then, then you just lean into that as hard as you can. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I've ran that module that I was working on for a while. At this point, I just called it an adventure. It's not a module because it's probably never going to get written down anywhere. But I, mm-hmm. I've ran it two, three dozen times probably. Yeah. Um, and it's, I, I aim it towards people who've never played before or who are newer but every now and then I'll get a group that they just couldn't get into anything else. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, Hey, it's five E I'll play it. And it's, it's rare, but I've had a few places where these were clearly experienced players. And by far I have more fun running it 
when it's the brand new players where mm-hmm. they don't really know what's going on and everything is new. And, you know, maybe it's just because it's easier to, to surprise them because, I, you know, the, the goblin showing up is not the millionth goblin they have faced or whatever. And uh, yeah. so I just I absolutely enjoy running for people who are newer in uh, less experienced than people who, in, in my experience, the people who have been around for a while. It's just more fun for me to do it that way. So from that aspect, I absolutely understand the joy of sharing this with new people and seeing them sort of a, like an awakening of like, oh, this is cool and I can do this and I can do that. And, you know, it, this is so cool uh, versus, okay, yeah, I, I do this, this, and this, and I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll win or, or we're on to the next thing like type of a thing. Right. Um, so a, as you continue this, where do you see this going? Is this going to be a forever campaign or do you think at some point you'll be like, okay, now you kind of know how to play. Let's start a new thing that's now the new campaign type of thing. Like, what do you think is going to happen? It's been harder since quarantine because um, they, they can't, if, if I'm in front of them at a table, then we can really engage and I can keep them in line. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I think once they're a little older, then we'll start doing more in-depth RPGs, you know, maybe start with Dungeon World and work their way up from there <laughs> to hardcore things. Um, I'd love to let them take the reins fully and make them DM, be DM one of these days too. Yeah. Um, but I think the fact that they have a built-in play group that they know and they're familiar with and they're comfortable with i can see it going for hopefully you know a lifetime of gaming that's right. the ultimate goal i think yeah uh, i've definitely found with my kids that um the session length is something that i i modulate because yeah. normally like when i was a kid we would play for 12 hours uh yeah. but you know again it's like you know late grade school high school age that kind of thing uh, but with my kids if it was more than 45 minutes it was too mm-hmm. long uh, yep. that was pretty much the, uh, the upper echelon of, of when they would start to lose interest or even if they were into it, they just, it, it the, the energy would start to drop. So that's the other right. thing that I would focus on young kids. I try to have like 30 minute, 45 minute, pretty solid. There's something going on the whole time mm-hmm. we're, we're moving through. Uh, I don't always do combat even with the kids when I play, but mm-hmm. it, you know, if I'm going to have a combat, I want to try to get it earlier like middle and then do a little bit on the other side i don't like because like if if i run a campaign for you two i might end on a camp on a big battle and maybe Mm -hmm. even stop halfway through be like you know let's get to the middle of the the combat that's a great cliffhanger i would not do that with my kids like we were going to have a battle it's going to be over do a little bit of wrap up and then we're going to have a nice little bow before we move on to the next thing because they're not going to remember what was going on without a lengthy recap so that's probably my other advice is just keep the sessions short yeah. Um, or so, the thing we do, like, I'm a scoutmaster for my kids' Boy Scout troop, and they will play D&D on hikes. <laughs> and the, the way they do it, uh, they usually take a coin or some sort of token, and whenever they have to make a roll, so to speak, they flip the coin. Heads, you succeed. Tails, you don't. Until it's something bigger, then one of them will take, like, one of their plastic water bottles up, and they play that bottle flip game where mm-hmm. you've got to get to land. And if you can do that, you do something bigger. Like they just come up with more creative ways to make the obstacles more or the roles different and you know, lower your chances and stuff. And I thought that was a pretty neat way for yeah. kids because then you can mix kind of hiking and being out and mm-hmm. they're using their imagination, which for you know a lot of kids going on a hike, oh, I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. But if you can get them excited about playing the D&D game, then we'll go on a four hour hike and I don't hear as much complaining. As much. I still hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. 
All right. So anything else you'd like to talk about that campaign or anything else? But otherwise, we kill, we'll move on to our second improv game. No, uh, I think that's all I want to say. It's New York Tater's uh, favorite time. Yes. Oh. Uh, again, New York Tater, you're here just in time for this. So this is the Where Have My Fingers Been game. This is a game where we will once again prompt each other with a, this time it's a short scene. Uh, and then we will provide two puppeteer characters that will interact with the scene, unless you want to be like Scott and add in a third, because you're a jerk and you're good at this game and you make the rest of us look stupid. Uh, hopefully your scene will have a beginning, middle, and end. I often leave out at least one or two of those myself. It's up to you. Uh, but again, Nate, you are the guest, so you can go first, second, or third in terms of actually acting out the uh, scene. So, Or you could, again, just tell me what you want to do. Let's band-aid this. I'll go first. Give me the scene. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so I will prompt you. You will prompt Chris. And then Chris will prompt me. We'll, we'll do the circle this other way around. Beautiful. Okay. Um, so <laughs> you are a father and a dungeon master. Uh, okay. No. So this way. Because I have to be two. Okay. So you are two adventurers who have just lost a valued and loved NPC companion and are deciding how best to commemorate their loss. Okay. Oh, that was a tough battle. Yeah, we, we gave it our all, but I guess it wasn't enough. Poor Fluffy. He was a good dog. Oh God, why'd I make him a dog? Anyway, he was a good dog and he always was there to fetch our potions, and lick all our bowls clean at the end of the day. Yeah, and I like that he always kept us warm in front of the fire too. He would always cuddle us. Yeah. Anyway, we're running kind of low on rations. What do you say we... What? No. No, we can't eat Fluffy. I'm just saying something's going to eat Fluffy, so it might as well be us. You're a monster. The end. Yay! <laughs> and that's where your fingers have been. Oh, that was excellent, oh, sir. I didn't do the song, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah, we brought the song. Yeah. All right, we'll just make Chris do it twice. All yeah, right. that, makes, that seems fair. All right, so you now will prompt Chris for his scene. All right, Chris, one of your fingers is the witcher, the titular witcher, wandering through a swamp, and he hears music, and it turns out it's Kermit the Frog playing his banjo. Oh, God, I can't for sure think of <laughs> Kermit the Frog impersonation. Hey-ho! Yeah. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Someday we'll be advanced enough, Michael, where you could do the voice of one. <laughs> not, yeah, not quite there yet. But you still got to do the song, so you know, yeah, those are right, the rules. So, where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? All right. Hmm. What is that noise? It's drawing me to it. Perhaps it's some sort of dryad or siren or one of the other million things in my book. Hi ho. How are you? What? What? It's a frog talking. I've never run into one of these. I, 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 I don't know what to do. Oh, would you like to be my friend? I have a bear who can tell you jokes. Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> I can't deal with it. And that's where my fingers are back. Hey. Yay. <laughs> Fantastic. Yay. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> All righty. So where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? Uh, meeting baby Yoda. Oh, he's so cute. Yes, yes, he is. He's the cutest thing in the little. Oh, he's so cute. I don't know. I just want to kiss him. And I just want to kiss him too. 
you know, Ted, seriously, we're like 52 years old at this point, and we stood in line seven hours in the middle of a COVID pandemic to see an animatronic Yoda doll. I, I think we need to real reevaluate our lives. I'm sleeping with your wife. And that's where my fingers have been. <laughs> well, there's an unexpected twist in there. There's a twist. Couple. Twist. <laughs> All righty. So with that, we will move on to uh, cryptozoology. And this is where we talk about a monster, not always from D&D, but often uh, we talk about some ways that maybe we have used this monster in the past if we have. And then we'll bring some, some ways that maybe we could use this monster in the future. So, Nate, once again, you are the guest co-host tonight. So what monster have you brought to the table for us to talk about tonight? I've brought you my favorite, stupidest D&D monster in the history of D&D. Not the flail snail. The Askamoid. The Askamoid. Askamoid. Yep. Okay, so Nailed I it. was completely <laughs> ignorant of this creature. I'd never even heard of it before. So please, for my edification, what is the Askamoid? It's a size large ball of fungus that crushes people, and it lays spores on them, and then they hatch little baby Askamoids later on. So it's you're completely... saying it's not a fun guy to have around. Um, Where's my rim shot button? Where is that? (laughs) (laughs) It's I've used this in every single campaign I've ever run, and it always loses groans for my my normal players because they know what's coming. (laughs) It's it it falls in that weird middle ground that some monsters fall in where it's not quite a good creature or just a full on trap. It's like a mimic kind of thing, you know. It just it splits the difference. So basically, it's a giant ball. Mm-hmm. That just rolls around. So it's not intelligent. It's nope. not like it, you know. It's not a predator. It's just whichever way the wind or gravity flows, and if it rolls over you, it infects you with spores in passing over you, and then you're potentially infected with these spores that will grow off of your body. So does this kill the victims, or does it? They do. This, they just sprout more of these things, but they're fine. It kills them. It oh. kills them right dead. Oh yeah. It, um, so the ball is covered in these orifices, which is a sentence I didn't want to say today, but here we are. And it can spray these spores like 30 feet. Okay, okay. And though it's not intelligent, it does have blind sense, so it can head towards living things that are moving within its, I think, a 60-foot uh, sphere of itself. So it's not smart, but it is aware. Okay. I mean, again, that's you know animal intelligence, like the you know yeah, flowers yeah. that try to infect like those ants and take them over so they oh yeah yeah, the cordyceps that was creepy (laughs) as hell um so okay all right uh hmm. (laughs) so i have never used one of these before but it sounds like you have so uh is is this just something you do because it's funny or is there like is there a a point to like you know you teach your players that to run away or is it to like set up how dangerous an area is like what is your purpose behind using this creature when you do my purpose is that I'm kind of a jerk sometimes. Okay, and fair, my fair players, enough. you know, they deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite way to implement these things, my favorite one historically anyway, was I had this big ramp and one of the people stepped on a pressure plate and the ball started rolling down Indiana Jones style and they dodged out of the way and then it kind of screeched to a halt behind them and then headed back up the ramp towards them. <laughs> <laughs> that I like was, that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nice. All right. So, Chris, I'll put the onus on you to start with. Can you think of any ways? I'm assuming you also have never used this creature, so nope. please correct me if, if I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> but can you think of, of some ways that you could potentially work this into a game? Uh, 
Yes. I would use it where the kind of a mystery, the players come across what they think is a plague that has been rolling across the countryside. And the players kind of have to figure out what's causing this plague. But I would make it where nobody survives or the survivors can't talk or they're that sick and, you know, nobody's ever seen this before. And, you know, they have to kind of tra track it down and figure out what it is. And then, you know, if I want a bigger campaign, maybe it was summoned here from a different plane and, you know, the wizard is trying to do his evil thing to take over the land or something like that. Uh, it's not something I see. You used it kind of in a, not a, com, a, not a comic way, but I would take it more the dark path. Sure. So if this is, <laughs> you know, something horrible that the players have to be very scared of because, you know, it's very contagious and everything they find out about it, you know, it's truly spreading a plague mm -hmm. and they have to do everything they can to avoid it. You know, maybe even if you've got a really good player, maybe he's working some alchemy and he's trying to figure out a cure for it. I try to play up on that somehow have them do some nature rolls and find herbs and see what they can do to cure it if they can. You know, maybe make it where the, you know, the cleric or priest type is trying to use, you know, healing magic and maybe it doesn't work. I didn't read the stats, so I don't know if you can just do a simple cure disease and it's gone yep. or whatever. Yep. Um, I might even take it a little further and say, it doesn't work. You don't know why. Hmm. And maybe it's a combination of players have to combine the alchemy with the healing magic to you know cure people something like that i like it yeah so my uh my first thought i have two initial thoughts the first one here is that if this fungus is and this probably makes no sense like by how plants actually work but it's sort of like a truffle that even though it's this awful thing it tastes really good or it can be prepared in a way that's very pleasing so there is this annual event, it's kind of like the running of the bulls, where a bunch of peasants gather and they intentionally try to get it to follow them, uh, like almost like playing chicken with it, to get close enough that it will follow them, but not close enough that it runs over them, to lead it to a specific place. And whichever peasant is able to deliver this thing to like the noble person of their village, they get a great reward. So basically it's like the hunger games or it's like the running man. It's like these rich uh, elite noble people that are laughing at these peasants who are willing to risk their very lives for some sort of minor award. And the players get involved in some way to either like take it out so that they can't have the game or they win. So maybe they take it somewhere else so that the noble person doesn't get it, which it becomes like a political thing. Or the other thing I'm thinking is that they destroy it and then they pretend to be one using a combination of one of those Zorbs and like minor illusion magic so that no one actually dies. But then the person still gets the, the prize for winning because it's, you know, they can't be held responsible uh, if the thing actually disappears. So those are my two thoughts on how I would use this creature. I just pictured you having a big ball roll into a giant cauldron and that's your final uh, crossing. The it's like a giant golf course you like. Yeah, it's like mini golf. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you fall in, and, and that's declared the winner. Uh, but yeah, I, I like I just like the idea of this like uh, corrupt political system, and again, these mm. just you know very current events. You know, these elites yeah. who 
laugh at the, those beneath them who were willing to risk their lives just to keep their families fed, mm-hmm. uh, but then make it where the good guys get involved in, like, you know, switch the power, power to the people, you know, type of a thing. Mm-hmm. But it probably would just end up with a lot of people dead, so probably it's not yeah. a great example. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's tons of great ways to use these things, too. Like, I've always liked throwing them into a maze. I love putting mazes in my campaigns. And I have a giant ball that occupies the entire width of a hall that can roll around corners. It's just a great time for everybody. And by great team <laughs> time, you mean awful. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> so again, I didn't really look at the stats. There aren't any fifth edition ones. You had mentioned before we start recording, you've done a version of fifth edition of this mm-hmm. monster. So like, how tough are we talking? If, if we wanted to take this on, like, you know, is it, can you shoot with an arrow and it like puff like a balloon and then fizzle away? Or is this going to be like a long drawn out combat? It's a CR5 creature. So, I mean, it's, it's got staying power. I, I did low AC4, I think AC14, so it can get hit quite frequently, but it does a ton of damage. So I, I gave it an ability where it can roll through occupied spaces and do damage as it goes that way. And then I, if, it, if the creature who it's trying to move through beats a certain DC athletics check, it can stop the movement of the Askimode. And then it gets slam attacks, it can spray okay. a line of spores 30 feet long. You know, it's, it's a beefy boy, it can okay. do some damage. It's fun. It also reminds me of this movie. I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with Critters, but I'm not thinking <laughs> yeah. it might be Critters 3. It's one of those where there's like a giant ball of these things that are rolling and they're all the mouths on the outside. So as they roll, they're just basically stripping people to bones. Yeah. They're just rolling over like Katamari style. <laughs> so a little bit different in like how you describe it. But essentially, it's a giant ball that if it rolls over you, you die in the process. Uh, yeah. See also Steamroller. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there's any mm-hmm. other way uh i I actually like the mini golf idea that maybe there's like giants who want to play (laughs) golf and the players are hired to bring them several of these for the game so the object is to find them in the wild and then lure them i guess that's kind of the same thing as my Mm -hmm. peasanty thing but maybe not as politically charged uh where (laughs) you're just trying to bring like five of them to like a golf course for these like storm giants to play around with yeah. I've seen someone use them for um, like an undead, like a vampire, had them guarding his crypt because they're not affected by the spores. So they don't care if it sprays all over the place. But anyone living trying to get in, it's going to have a rough time. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Or, you know, type. any undead or even like a, um, gargoyles, golems, any, you know, any of the yeah. uh, compl- you know, non living sort of things. They could yeah. definitely use them as uh, guards and such. Or like the worst ball pit ever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I want to go in the ball pit. No, you don't. Not that one, honey. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <I'll> catch spores. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's definitely a thinker. I, I, so I'll throw that out to the audience, those listening now, uh, or maybe listening in the future on the YouTube or the audio-only version. If you have any interesting ways that you could have or, or have used these creatures in the past, please let us know. Uh, this is definitely something I might revisit with a little bit more thought. Uh, but with that, we'll close out the show with our audience Q&A. We do have a few people that have been hanging out with us. Uh, hopefully, New York Tater is still there. Uh, so this is the time where you can ask us uh, any questions. Uh, Gaming-related makes sense, but doesn't have to be. But it can be for one or all of us. But if anybody uh, in the chat has any questions you'd like to ask us, please go ahead and do so. There's a little bit of a delay, so we'll wait for that to catch up. Nate, one more time, where can people find you on the Internet and check out your show? Sure. You can find us on potofblunders.com. 
we're on all kinds of podcasts too. So whatever one's your favorite, go ahead and find us there. And you can always tweet at me at pot of blunders, all one word. All right. Excellent. And Chris, how about you, sir? Uh, Twitter, just hit uh, Burlu underscore Chris. It's the easiest way to get a hold of me. And uh, the name of your show, in case people are uneducated? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, I am the game master for the Redemption podcast, which is a Star Wars actual play. Uh, we claim to be the longest running one. I'm still daring somebody to prove me wrong. <laughs> so if you've been around for more than five years, let me know. So then I can say we're the second longest running. <laughs> fantastic uh, i of course am michael i'm the host of the rpg academy podcast and sort of the the ringmaster for all the various things that we are doing at the moment this show is detention uh, we host the show every other week on wednesday 9 p.m eastern uh, on the same week alternating tuesdays i have a new 13th age campaign that i'm running called shadow spawns or shadows ponds depending on how you want to uh read into it uh which is also live on twitch at eight o'clock and then on the intervening wednesdays uh tom runs a game here on twitch uh 5e game called ghosts of salt marsh and this is of course in addition to all the various audio only stuff that we do show and tells trials faculty meetings and so on and so forth and i also have a farm to fable which is my smallville rewatch podcast which you should also check out because it's a lot of fun uh so it doesn't look like we have any questions yet but we'll give a a little bit longer in case somebody thinks of one. Uh, so, Chris, entertain me for a minute. Uh, okay. Yeah, put me on the spot for a minute here. <laughs> uh, Song, dance. You have so many options yeah, in front of you right now. Nobody wants to hear me sing. Me. <laughs> give, me. give me your best Kermit the Frog impression. I already did that. Hi -ho. No, that's your best one. Good as I get. That's it. <laughs> you're getting that. That's about all you're getting. Buddy. <laughs> I, uh, Piggy, save me. I, I, it's been so long since I've seen the Muppets. I can't remember. They're coming to Disney Plus all five seasons. Yeah. I, I used to love that show so much. Um, I'm a little bit worried that revisiting it, it might not hold up to my yeah. memories, but I have such fond memories of that show. It's still good. I watched the first season a month or two ago, and it's fantastic. So. I just want to be one of the grouchy guys in the balcony. Yeah. <laughs> Waldorf. Statler Statler. Waldorf. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. So New York Tenor wants to hear your best Miss Piggy impersonation. Uh, oh, yeah, that's you. you. Hey, Kermie. My beautiful. <laughs> hey! And she karate chops. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> that was better than my 10 things and my uh where my fingers went tonight all right well nate thank you so much for joining us i really appreciate it i hope people will go check out your show uh, again that's pot of blunders on all of the various podcatchers uh and also you know uh on twitter uh new york tater thrown in there please make everybody be safe wear a mask wash your hands absolutely because it's absolutely. up to you to make sure that we can have a catacon 2021 fellowship of the con in november fourth, fifth, and six, or fifth, sixth, and seventh. So fingers crossed by then enough people will be vaccinated that we will be able to be in a situation where we can actually get together and play some games because yes. I need that. Yep. Mm -hmm. My two shots. If I can do it, everybody else can do it. Uh, wife's going for her second one tomorrow. Uh, I found out because I'm door dashing, I am considered um, essential employee in Kentucky. So when we get to the essential employee section, I will be eligible, but we're still on the old people uh, part right now. So I don't know when that's yep. going to change, but uh, I'm hoping that I will be vaccinated within a couple months. So, yeah, I work in healthcare. So we were put in the right after hospitals. We were the next wave. Yeah, that, that's her. She works, she's a support, but she technically works for like a hospital organization. So that's how she got it. So, yeah, I have face to face contact with people on a regular basis that need supplies. So, 
Mm, I got the shots in the arm already. All right, nice. It wasn't bad. It hurt for a day, and that was it. So don't nice. be scared. Don't be scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Wash your hands, masks, be safe, be kind to each other, because we need more of that right around now. Be kind to each other, uh, and check us out next week and the week after and all the audio stuff. So thanks, everybody. Did the awkward wave out, and I will hit the big red button. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.